Oh, how I love Jesus. I'm just reminded today uh, of a dear friend of mine, Bill Yoder. I know he was speaking at a funeral, and he was asked to have the message. And he said there was just nothing there coming. There was just nothing. He had nothing to say. And he said before the services, before the funeral there, they sang two songs. And when they sang those songs, he said it started coming to him. And he was filled with the Spirit, and God revealed a good message for Bill. Bill, and I'm just reminded, it takes me to a thought. Oh, how I love Jesus. The one that bled for me on the cross. He went all the way to Calvary. He died for my sin. He loved me so much. He gave his son. Today, we serve a living Savior. We don't serve a dead God. We serve a God that is in heaven. And that he looks down upon us. He knows our heart. He knows our blood pressure. He knows everything about us. And I just, it takes me to a thought that I read in a story. It was about a girl that she was, uh, she had some handicaps and she had some disabilities. And in her dream, in her, her goal of life, she wanted to sometime find a man, a husband, marry a man, and have a child. But it wasn't granted to her. And she simply told the person that she was constantly with there, she said, all I have left is God. And the person looked back at her and said, that's more than enough. This morning, brothers and sisters, if we have the Lord Jesus Christ in our heart, if we have God as our living Savior, this morning, that is more than enough. That's all we need. Oh, how I love Jesus. I... Uh, I would like to think this morning, you know, I, I went to the graduation last night and I was just encouraged by there, there was a, you know, I'm kind of one of these, I'm, a, I'm kind of a sentimental type person, I, I guess, a lot, I guess. I actually just got three doors for my mom and dad uh, out of the house. And one of them was the front door that she would go to Let us in. Now to that door, actually my neighbor there that bought the place, uh, their neighbors that bought the place, and, and she said, how much, you know, or she just said, do you want all three of them? One of them went to our basement. One of them went to the outside door, the door that mom would come to and let us in. And I know that, I don't know why. <laughs> now I can tell you, I had no idea I was going to say this this morning. So I, I hope this comes out right. But my mom, 
she waited on us till the very last one was in. The door had a, I don't know what kind of a lock it had on it, but anyhow, she'd just simply take a knife and put the knife, an old table knife, and she'd put it in that door. And she didn't let you just come in. If you came in before the one, the last one was there, she said, you know where the other one's at. And it just reminds me, the door, the door of Jesus Christ. If any man will hear his voice, he will open the door and let you come in. I know that was my mother. She wasn't my Jesus, but she sort of felt like my Savior because she helped save me. And, uh, you know, last night at the graduation, I was starting to go with that. You know, I may not even speak anything I had planned to say today. I, I guess I'll just try to share. I'd like to just share this tonight, today. There was, there was something on, the, uh, on one of the boards there of Elmer and Caden there. It was Elmer and Caden and Dalton and Haley in the baptism class. And uh, I'm not doing very well this morning. In front of the church, and in front of that church, it was white. It looked just white. Pure. And I'm just reminded this morning, brothers and sisters, I'm thankful for that class was always very special to me. It was a, a, and you know what? I miss that. We don't have that right now. I miss that. That we don't, you know, you take a night out of the week and we'd go and we'd be with the class. And, and you know, you would go, you would so called be instructor, so to say. They helped us with, uh, encouraged us. The next generation is still coming. The next generation is coming on. Brothers and sisters, this morning, I, um, I'd like to encourage us today to put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh. Um, kind of a way of just kind of sharing my heart this morning. And I, this, I mean, I, I don't want to give you a privilege after I'm done here. If you have something you'd like to share, that you can share. But um, this past week, I went into an old church house that um, they only have, the church was built in 1860. It's a log home in Bloomfield area there. It was built in 1860, and their logs and stuff are kind of leaning, and they've been reworked, and they've changed some of the logs. And anyhow, the men, the, the couple that we're working for there are very, very special people. They're very nice people. They're very pleasant people. Uh, they're very um, friendly people, and 
and everything that you could possibly think about, but I don't think, I don't think we have Jesus. And, uh, and that challenged me. I went in that, I went into this old church, and there's just these wooden benches. They're the old wooden benches. I mean, they were just. And, uh, and there were some candles on the, the only thing that I would even think about that you would have thought about in a church was candles on the windows. And you said, well, what they were for, they have three services a year, and the candles there, they burn the candles on Christmas Eve. They have, in the, the afternoon of Christmas Eve, they have services there. They have services there on the 2nd of August of the month, and it's kind of like a reunion. I don't know if it's going to go to church. I don't really know. I, I'm not, I just don't even know. They just, it's kind of like a place to come in, and they have, a, they have a fellowship right there. There's one other day, and I'm not sure what he said. But it, he said, now this is open. This place is open. Anybody that wants to come can come. But he also told me something that kind of kind of slowed me down a little bit. He said, yeah, there's one other thing that we do here. He said that over Halloween, we, we use this as a haunted house. And, uh, but he said you can sign your, there is a guest book that for whoever comes in this door, that you can sign this guest book. And I looked around and I thought, well, you know what? I don't see nothing about God. Everybody else went out, and I was there alone. And I wrote in that book. Maybe you can see it sometime. I hope you can. But God just led me to write something in that book. But anyhow, what I was thinking about. And then I told him, I said, you know, we, um, I don't know if, because uh, I have to tell me, and Carmen was talking about this, and she said, I don't know. She said, you said it was a, they used it for a haunted house. You know, and I was—I thought I had this big plan. We're going to go up there as a church, and we're going to have services. And I told them about this. And I, when I told these people that we could possibly have a secret service there, because I've never been to a midnight service, and I said, "Well, we might just have you know services." Oh my, maybe he just shut up. We'll come have services. We'll come. Oh my, they'll come. They, they come. You're going to come and have a service. And I don't know, you know, beyond that. God is above all that. Believe it as a heart. I don't know. I don't really know. But anyhow, think over that. Think over that a little bit. In beautiful place. But this morning, I'm here to say my message was none of that. But um, I'd like to share with you this morning a verse that has been on my heart. And I actually, this is, this is a verse. It's in Revelations. There's one verse in chapter 21, verse 27. And I want to think of it in this way. We want to make sure that we get this right. Because the reason I want to be sure, it says in verse 27 in chapter 21 in Revelations, then there shall in no wise enter into anything that defileth, neither whatsoever worketh a bond of a nation or maketh a lie, but only those are which are written in the Lamb's book of life. Now, brothers and sisters, this morning, 
as we look at this, we know that there shall no wise enter in anything that defiles. Neither that worketh abomination or maketh a lie. Now, for me, it's confession time. Maketh a lie. You know, we pride ourselves a lot by saying we don't lie. And it's, it's a good, it's a good thing. We don't want to lie. But when it says making it a lie, pretending something that, I ask you a question. And I might be finding doing it. My confession is to you. I'm asking a question. I already know the answer. I already know what it was that I'm asking you. Am I not pretending? Am I not making a lie? I'm pretending like I don't know. But I do know. So I am making a lie. Now, maybe you've never done that. But to me, that is sin. To put somebody up, to step somebody up and pretend like I don't know and I ask them a question like uh, now there may be different areas you could look at this, but when I ask them a question, you know uh, in certain areas, and, and I already know and I pretend I don't know do you have anything else to say besides that's making a lie? That's where I'm at with that. That's my confession to you. Now, maybe you have never done that. Bless you. Sin is really, it's easy to do. It's easy to sin. I remember my dad down on the old table at home there in the basement. He was probably about, I thought he was a really old. He made a comment. He said, you know, he told us as a family, he said, one thing that's not hard to do, it's not hard to sin. And I thought, you know, Dad, come on. I know. We as young men and young boys know, yeah, it's so easy to sin. But you're an old man. You're 50 years old. And you're telling me that it's not hard to sin. I couldn't understand that. But I lived long enough to understand it's not really that hard to sin. But the main thing is that we don't stay there, that we get up. And, you know, Jesus Christ brought us up out of the Amari clay. He set our feet up on a solid rock. And he put a new song into our heart. Brand new. Now, does that mean that we'll never sin again? It doesn't mean that. It doesn't mean that. My beloved brother, be you steadfast, unmovable. Always abounding in the work of the Lord for as much as you know that we don't labor in vain. The Bible tells us, and there shall no wise enter into anything that defileth, neither the whatsoever work of abomination or make of a lie are they which are written in the land's book of life. Now, abomination, I think, is just simply that it's very hateful to God. 
It's a hateful thing. We can, as people, we can begin to love what God hates and hate what God loves. It's not that difficult to do. But it does say that he that do these things, uh, and there shall no wise enter in. It's simply saying that we won't go to heaven if we do these things. We've got to get it right. We've got to do it right. Because we all are on this route and we want to go over to glory. And perfect peace lives there and sin will never enter in. And he that overcometh, he will not blot out his name out of the book of life. Brothers and sisters, this morning, he that is unjust, let him be unjust still. He that which is filthy, let him be filthy still. And he that is righteous, let him be righteous still. And he that is holy, let him be holy still. And there shall no wise enter into anything that defileth, or maketh, or worketh abomination, or maketh a lie, but they which are written in the Lamb's book of life. I found something a little bit interesting this morning. I was look, going through my Bible, and there's a verse, and you don't have to turn to it, but there's a verse I've seen that I, I, I read it over and over and over, and I thought, is this really right? It's in Proverbs 29. You can write it down so you can look for yourself because I, I want, I'd like for you to read it. You can... You don't have to turn to it, but you can. Proverbs 29, verse 27. A unjust man is abomination to the just. A unjust man is abomination to the just. And he that is upright in the way is abomination to the wicked. I guess it's hateful that the last is not hateful to God. Every word of God is pure. He is a shield unto them to put their trust in him. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not all on your understanding, not all your ways. Acknowledge him and he will direct your path. He leadeth me. The Lord is my shepherd. He leadeth me in the way of still waters. He restoreth my soul. Yea, though I walk through the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. He will not only walk to the valley with us, but he'll walk through the valley with us. That's our Lord. Oh, how I love Jesus, our risen Savior.
you can turn to Proverbs 6. And sort of maybe trying to come up with a conclusion. I'm going to just read this. And you just... Verse 12, Proverbs 6. Yesterday was fresh start to have this. I always say the things that fresh start does. You know, fresh start's a special place to me. It's a place where I learned that some things that I had no idea that were sin. I would be kind of personal if I tell you all the information, but really, it's a place where I learned a lot about sin that I never knew. I was ignorant. I never knew. Oh, yeah, you might say, well, you, you wasn't a Christian then, but it took more than a Christian to make me understand what sin was. It took conviction. It took God to form my conviction for me to understand what sin was. It wasn't that I was ordained that made me understand sin. It, it had, and I, I like it for you to think this morning, a naughty person, verse 12, I'm going to read it. A naughty person is a, is a wicked man. He walks with a forward mouth. He winks with his eyes. He speaks with his feet. He teaches with his fingers. Forward is in his heart. He divides mischief continually. He soweth discord. And there shall be calamity come suddenly. Suddenly it shall be broken without ramity. And that brings me to the Bill Yoder verse. In 29, chapter verse 1 in Proverbs, he that is often reproved, hardened his neck, shall suddenly be destroyed and the without remedy. I can't say it quite as fast as Bill used to could say it, but he could just run that through. He that been often reproved and hardened his neck shall suddenly be destroyed in that without remedy. Okay. There's six things. Doeth the Lord hate. These six things, verse 16, these six things, Proverbs 6 was yesterday. They read, at Fresh Start, they read, did I say that? They read, they go through the list. There's 31 chapters in Proverbs. Every day, you take the day of the week and you read that. Dennis knows that. He knows all about it. He can tell me, he can He'll start talking to me after a while. But anyhow, that's the way it is. And yesterday was Proverbs 6. I just kept looking at Proverbs 6. Well, that was the day for Proverbs. You know, you can read it any day, but that's the day. Proverbs 6. These things doeth the Lord hate, yea, seven are abomination to him. A proud look, a lying tongue, and hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked imaginations, feet that are swift and running to mischief, a false witness speaking lies, and he that soweth discord among the brother. And I would take that, that would have been the seventh one. If, I, if, I'm, if I'm 
doing my calculation right there. Notice in verse 20, my son, keep my father's commandments and forsake not the law of my mother. Bind them, continue upon thy heart, and tie them about my, thy neck. When thou goest, it shall lead thee. When thou sleepest, it shall keep thee. And when thou awakest, it shall talk with me. For the commandment is a lamp, and the law is a light. And reproofs of his instructions are the way of life. Big verses. All of these are big verses. My son, keep my father's commandments. And forsake not the law of the mother, what our mothers taught us. Bind them continually upon their heart and tie them about the neck. For the commandment is a lamp. He is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. And the law is a light. And the reproofs of instructions are the way of life. I think in verse 16, when it talks about these things are doeth the Lord hate, yet seven for the abomination to him. I think number seven would be a little bit like we would say that's when we tie the shoestrings. That's when the rubber hits the road. He that soweth discord to the brother. Okay, abomination, I think, in, in, in as far as, as uh, I don't know if this is Strong's or my book paper got this for me. I asked for it, and this is where it came from. Abomination is disgusting. It's nasty. It's violent. It's very bad, and it's unpleasant. And remember... There shall no wise enter in. He that defileth, worketh abomination, or maketh a lie, is not going to go to heaven unless it's repented. And there shall in no wise. Enter into anything that defileth, neither whatsoever worketh abomination or make a lie, but they which are written in the land's book of life. All that's in the world is the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, and the pride of life. And the world passeth away, and the lust thereof, but he that doeth the will of the Father, I think it says abideth, liveth forever. We see here this morning. I think when God points out the six things there that doeth the Lord hate and the seventh is abomination to him, a proud look. It's haughty. It's, it's proud. It's proud eyes. It's, it's a eyes with, an up, with pride. It's a lying tongue. It is out to kill the innocent, so to say. 
a heart that plans evil, feet that race to do wrong, a false witness who lies, and a person who sows discord among the brothers. Um, it's not that hard to do if we let the flesh take control of our life. It's not that difficult. We can fall on all seven of them real easy if we just let the flesh control us. We have to get connected with the Spirit of God and let us let that do the work that it needs to be done. Our flesh fights back. Our flesh can become just like a political world. You know, and debates and presidential debates and that type of thing, you know, most always, they'll say what all they've done, they'll bring their self up and they'll bring their opponent down. Church don't do that, do they? We don't do that as a church. We don't go up with us and down with them. We don't do that, do we? I don't do that, do I? I think the Lord says God forgives. Says that we humble ourselves in the mighty hand of God and He shall lift us up. He's not asking for us to lift ourselves. God never did ask for me to lift myself up. He says, humble myself under the mighty hand of God and He shall hold us up. This morning, what do you get out of this? There are six things the Lord hates. Seven, seventh are the abomination, a proud look, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that despises wicked imaginations, feet that are swift to running to mischief, and false witnesses speak of lies, and he that soweth discord to the brethren. I like to close here today on a much more positive note. The Bible says that he that shall be risen with Christ shall seek those things which are above, where Christ sat upon the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above, not on things of the earth, for you are dead, and your life is hid in Christ and God. When Christ, who is in your life, will appear, then you shall appear with him in glory. When Christ is in your life, then you shall appear with him in glory. And then it did tell us here, probably should have brought this out first. It says, mortify therefore your members which are upon the earth. Fornication, uncleanness, incarnate affection, evil covetousness, and covetousness, which is adultery. Where it does say where you once walked in them. But now you live above all that. If we have the Lord Jesus, we live above that, in which we walked in some time when we lived in them, but now you put off anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy communication out of your mouth, and lie not one to another, and seeing that you put on the old man with his needs, and you put on the new man, which is renewed in the knowledge of him, image of him that created him. Turn to Revelations. Chapter 7, 
in verse 9, And after this beheld, and lo, a great multitude, which no man could number, of all nations and kindreds of people and tongues, stood before the throne, before the Lamb, clothed with white robes and palms in their hands, and they cried with a loud voice, Salvation to our God, which sat upon the throne of the Lamb. And the angels stood around about the throne. And about the elders of four beasts fell before the throne on the face of him, worshiped God, saying, Amen. Blessings and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be unto our God forever and ever. Amen. And then the question is asked, and one of the elders answered, saying to him, What are these? which are arrayed in white robes, and where did they come from? And I said unto him, Sir, thou knowest, and he said unto me, These are they which have came out of the great tribulation, and have washed the robes, and made them white in the blood of the Lamb, and therefore they shall, before the throne of God, and serve him day and night in the temple, and the seraph on the throne shall dwell them among them. They shall hunger no more, neither the nurse no more, neither shall the sun light on them, nor any heat, for the Lamb which is in the midst of the throne shall feed them, shall lead them to the living fountains of water and God shall wipe all tears away from their eyes. My encouragement to you today is this. Let us not become weary of well-doing. For in due season, we shall reap if we faint not. Don't stop. This journey is probably almost over. Now, I'm not here to tell you how near it's over. But it's I'm not, I'm not trying to tell you. I don't know. When Jesus will come, I don't know. But I've got to think of Paul's words where he says, I fought a good fight. I've kept the faith. Henceforth there's laid up for me a crown of righteousness, not to me only, but unto all those that love his appearing. You know, Paul calls it a fight. He said, I fought the good fight. I've kept the faith. What is left for us to do here on this earth? Continue in the things that thou hast learned from a child that has known the Holy Scriptures. Continue in the things that thou hast learned. Continue on. When we get to heaven, it's joy unspeakable and full of glory. They're not... There's not going to be any sad days in heaven. There'll be no tears there. There's not going to be one tear in heaven. You know, today, there's tears of joy. All that, you don't have to think about it. In heaven, there'll be no tears. But we know it's going to be joy. You know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of people on this earth we never like to see people cry. We think it looks like they're sad, but sometimes they're very happy because they're happy. The love of God. The love of God. Oh, how I love Jesus. There is a name I love to hear. I love to sing his word. It sounds like music. In my ear, the sweetest name on earth. Oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus because he first loved me. He tells me of the Savior's love. 
who died to set me free. He tells me of his precious blood, the sinner's perfect plea. It tells me of what the fathers have in store for me every day. And though I tread a darksome path, you'll sunshine every day. It tells me of the ones who loving heart can feel the deepest woe, who in each sorrow bears a part that none can bear below. Oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus. Because he first loved me. Why don't we stand and could we just try to sing this song? Can I, I'm going to do something I've, I've never done before. Well, maybe I have. I don't know. I'm going to ask you all to just come forward. Just come forward. Let's, let's sing this song. And then we'll pray. Come, come up, come up here towards the front. Let's sing this song. Everybody, just come up here, if you can. I don't mean to be demanding, but just come up here. Yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, Forty-six. Thank you. 
been a blessing to be here today. Thank one, each one for coming out and making this day possible as we looked at uh, Psalm 103 and the blessings of the Lord. Bless the Lord on my soul.